Welcome to episode 24 of African and American with your girl, Six the Goddess. And keep in mind, I'm a goddess and I'm sensitive about my shift. Peace and love, family. It's so great to connect with you all this week. You may have noticed my absence last week. So what had happened was, you know, I love to hit y'all with the what had happened was, right? Okay, so all right, so boom. So what had happened was I was out of town last week. I was traveling and then I was freaking out because I'm like, I can't get to my laptop. I can't get to my cameras and every and microphones and everything I need to record the show. And I was like, okay. You're doing too much, Virgo. You're doing too much. If y'all don't know, us Virgos, we think that we're Superman or Superwoman, and we think that we can do it all, okay? And I am learning to counteract that with this thing called reality, that the reality is me trying to write this show, produce this show, come up with the content, record it. Then then I'm trying to do my own hair, makeup, record the videos. Then I got to edit them and upload them on YouTube. And you know what? I'm doing a lot. And then I have a whole online business and I have a job and then I have my child. And it's just like, all right. And I can't, I, I, I can't be doing all this. Now, another thing is I just want to talk about the hate mail that I receive on a regular basis. And this is gonna this is gonna sound crazy, y'all. This is gonna sound like I'm like tripping, but when I say hate mail, I mean like hate mail from people that are dead ass like how dare you? What are you? What you a model or or what you a motivational speaker? What you think you so smart? You 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 think you're so, you're so intelligent, but you know, but you got these big old titties and you got this little dress on and people telling me like pick a side like basically like you know either either be pretty or or be smart <laughs> so I'm determined I am determined to show people you know what I'm saying you can be both and I, I'm not even gonna sit here and say oh my god I'm the smartest most intelligent person in the world what I feel makes me intelligent is my ability to admit number one when I don't know something Okay, I don't talk out my ass. If there's something I don't know, I will tell you. I don't know. I will say, you know, I'll check on that or I'll I'll look into it. But what I feel makes me intelligent, what I feel makes anyone intelligent is when they are confident enough to say, you know what, I'm not sure about that. To where you're so secure in your mind and your and your intellect that saying that you don't know about something is not a problem. I find that to be intelligent. Not even like, oh my God, I'm better and smarter and I've read more books than everyone else. Anyway, I saw that to say that I feel like everything happens for a reason and the universe is kind of pushing me in the direction it wants me to go. And I think that by keeping the show with just the the audio kind of gives me my credit back from people really making it seem like African and American is only listened to because people want to see what I look like. You know, and and if I have so many people that are so highly offended by my looks or the way I dress and 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 me having that mixed in with the things I teach and the things that I advocate for since 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 it, since it gives people such a stress and vex them so bad we're going to just take the visuals out because I'm confident that African and American has real fans and real supporters that are not just listening to this show because of how I look that doesn't even make any sense. Listening because of how I look. But this is how society will try to discredit you and put you down when you are a woman with her head held high. When you are a woman who, you know, I, I don't care. 
Ladies, I just, I, I want to see this for us so bad. I just want to see us get to the point where we are so dope, where we are so confident in who we are that we don't care. Whatever anyone says or do, they, they, it is what it is. Now, because I do have the show and, and I do want to make sure that I'm, I'm making everyone as comfortable as possible, I'm, we're going to just, you know, we won't have anything more you'll have to look at me with. We can listen to the show and we won't have no problems. I know that I can't fully say, oh, you know, I don't care as in like everybody can go to hell. I know I have to care to a certain extent because I have to appreciate my fan base. I have to appreciate the people that support me because the reality is there's a thousand podcasts in this world. If you're listening to mine, it means something. But in the same breath, I have people that come to me and say, you know, your show changed my life or it changed my perspective or I never looked at it that way. And that's what I do it for. I want to make it very clear. I have gotten several offers for ad campaigns and and for contracts for African-American. But under all these offers, they tell me that I need to that they'll say, we just need you to tone it down a little. I ain't toning nothing down. You can take those contracts, you can take that money, and you can shove it up your you-know-what. I'm not doing this because I want to get signed or I want attention. I know what my people really need to hear. I know what they really need to hear because nobody on TV or on radio is saying that real deal because everyone's so worried about their ratings and, you know, public acceptance. I'm not worried about that. I'll be the, I'll be the bad guy. All right. The universe and my ancestors are going to provide for me regardless. So I'm not going to shut my mouth and refrain from saying things that my people need to hear. I'm not going to hold back on the the reality and the rawness that needs to come across their ears for likes or because I want someone, I want to keep it neutral so I don't offend people. No, on this show, if you're offended, that means you feel me and that's fine. On this show, if something bothers you, that means we're talking about something with substance. If there's something that make your heart get that little tingle and you're that bothered, that means you needed to hear that. This is, it's so crazy because we need that tough love mixed in with that genuine love amongst each other in that way. So yeah, it's tough love. Like, hey, this is what it is, but I'm giving you that tough love because I love you. I love my people. Okay. I look at us and I think that we are so beautiful and we're so dope. I had a sister uh, leave a comment on my Instagram and I, what, what was the post I put up? I put a post up about, oh, yeah, so let me try not to jump from subject to subject because every time the show starts, I get so excited. Okay, so now I remember what it was. So the post was about, um, I, I was saying, cause okay, I'll be out and about in public and I'll see women with their children sometime and I'll just look and be thinking to myself, who ejaculated inside of you? And decided to make you the mother of their children. I have that moment so much. Okay. And and this is not, we're not playing that blame game. Like, oh, it should be the men that should step up. It should be the women. We're not doing that. I'm just simply talking about an observation that I happen to see. Whether it's the man, the woman, whoever. These are just things I happen to see. And And I see some women where I'm just like, somebody, somebody trusting you to raise their children. That's crazy. And so I basically said that men should be more selective 
about, you know, who they have children with and they should have high. No, I said men should have higher standards. Okay. Because I'm confused. We put these standards on men, like men need to be there for their children, provide for their children, support their children. And it's like, all right, so can we please have those, some standards for the women too? Because too many times I see little kids in the back seat with no seatbelt on, with all kind of missing and silver teeth, talk, you know, saying bad words and getting spankings every five seconds with lollipops in their hands. And I'm just like, so you, this is this is some man's child out there. This is some man that laid down with this woman and purposely had made this woman pregnant. So I was just saying, like, you know, men, it's okay for you to say, well, you know, if these are the things that a father is supposed to have, then, you know, let's go ahead and have some standards for the mothers. Because it seems like, you know, y'all are just like ejaculating in anything. And I was just thinking to myself, like, what's going on? So, um... Now, once again, that is not to say the blame is on the man or the blame is on the woman. It, that's that's not the case. I was just simply, like I said, speaking on this one observation. So now I had a sister that felt a way about that and she commented and she was like, oh, you're always bashing women. You act like men make, can do no bad, do no wrong. And, and let's just go ahead and talk about that. Because if she said that, as one person, that means that there's definitely 10 other people that feel the same way she feels. So um, let's go ahead and dissect that. Now, all I can do as a woman is say, well, all I can do as a woman when I am speaking about a man and his roles is for me to say that, hey, as a woman, this is what I would like to see from my man. Or as a woman, this is the kind of treatment I would like to have exhibited towards me from my man. However, it's not my place. Ooh, I know you black women just cringe when I said that. Yeah, it's not my place. Oh, oh, snap. She just said place. Place? What place? I ain't got no place. I, eh. It's not my place to police the men on whether they are holding up their responsibilities as men. I could say, hey, you know, I need y'all brothers to step up with this or I need y'all to help with this, but it's not my job to go up to men and jack them up and be like, hey, tighten up. That's, that's not, that's not my, my role, my place. It ain't none of that. Now, that is my place within my sisters, okay? You as a black woman... You are, I, I can come to you and check you. You can come to me and check me because we're the same. I'm a black woman. You a black woman. So that means we had the same struggles. We have the same issues. You know, you understand me. We're on the, we're in this, we're on the same page. So we can do that. That's our job. So yeah, it's our job as sisters. I'm not a white woman. I'm not an Asian woman. I'm not a white man. I am your sister. I am a black woman talking to my sisters, other black women and saying, hey, do you know we look crazy in the store with a bonnet on our head and our kids running around with snotty noses and us saying every five minutes, do you want a whooping? Do you want a spanking? We look crazy as hell. Like we need to step our game up. You know what I'm saying? That's my job. It's my sister's job where if I'm slipping to come to me and be like, hey, yo, sis, <laughs> let me let me holler at you. And I can't get mad at that, especially when I know it's coming from a place of love. 
So I want to make that very clear. Y'all can't come to me like, oh, you only get on the sisters. Yeah, because it's my job. And when I'm getting on you, I'm getting on me too. I used to be that parent that always resorted to, oh, I want to spank them. And I used to do that. And I grew from it. I grew up. I realized I'm better than that. I'm more intelligent than for spankings and beatings and sugar and candy to be the only thing to shut my child up or make them act right. So if I talk to you about it, what you mad about? I'm not saying it as in like talking down or being condescending or attacking you. I'm saying this as your sister, someone who went through the same thing, someone who's in the same place you're in. So what's the problem? You know what I'm saying? So I want I just... And these are things I have to reiterate constantly because we got to we have to understand what's going on here. At the end of the day, you know, y'all just know me from the show. You know me from Instagram, but you don't really know me as a person. So maybe you can feel like, you know, you want to get on a defense. But I promise you, I'm not here to hurt you. All right. I I love you. I'm here. I'm here to help. I'm here to help myself, help you. This show is healing for all of us. All right. So, sisters, please don't look at anything I say like I'm coming down on you. I love you. You know what I'm saying? I just want us all to be great. And I will not celebrate mediocrity amongst my sisters. I will not have us being regular and average and applaud that. That's just not the way it's going down. So, you know, let's just take that a step further. So, all right. Do we have men that are deadbeats? We clearly know that. All right. We don't we know that we don't even have to. the fact that we have to say things like, well, you know, the men, they do that. We know that we know. All right. But we're not talking about deadbeats right now. OK, we're they're They're not even relevant to what we're discussing. So let's talk about a normal, healthy man. OK, now a normal, healthy man probably does not want to have children with a woman he's not married to, first of all. All right. A normal, healthy man is going to have self-control. He's not going to want to run, walk around raw dogging and ejaculating and everything. He's definitely going to have self-control, going to have discernment. So um, I say all the time, you know, when I had my son, I was young. I was so young and dumb. You know what I'm saying? My boyfriend was way older than me at the time. I didn't know what was going on. I just, you know, it just it wasn't even my mind wasn't even there. But, you know, so me as a grown woman now, I have to look back like, okay, if I was in that same situation now, would I still have had a baby and did all that? And I'm like, hell no, because I know better now. My mind is healthy now. I've grown now. All right. So the first thing that we're going to say is men that are still having children by casual conception. Y'all know I love that word. If you have never heard me say that before, casual conception means having a child with someone that you do not that you do not know whether or not you want to spend the rest of your life with them. And that basically means having a child outside of wedlock, period. Because if you wanted to spend the rest of your life with that person, you definitely would have married them before getting pregnant. So casual conception means that we are having a child and we but we have not yet decided that we want to be together forever which is also strange because it's like people let's say that uh, two people were to meet and three or four months later they were to get married 
everyone would be like, oh my God, you're crazy. You're a psycho. It's way too soon. What are you doing? But you have people that'll meet and three or four months later be pregnant and everyone's like, congratulations. And I'd be like, uh, okay. Um, I mean, I'm lost <laughs> because a child is a real lifetime commitment, right? Because whether or not you like that person or care about that person, that child will still always be yours and always be theirs. That It is not just 18 years. That child going to want to look at you for the rest of their life. You got to look at that other person at your child's graduation, at their wedding, at, you know, at, at all that. So I'm like, okay, so it's too quick to get married after three or four months, but it's perfectly fine to get pregnant and have a child with someone after three or four months. But hey... You know, let me just sip this tea. But anywho, so a normal healthy man. So when a normal healthy man is thinking about his seeds and, and normal healthy men, they're not normally. And like I said, I am all for hands on dads. I'm all for it. But the reality is that most men work a lot and they're simply not the primary caretaker of their babies and that's just a reality and that's the way it goes and that's nature and that's fine so if he knows that he will not be the one giving the primary physical care to this child then he definitely is going to make sure that he is having children with a woman who is responsible and one that he can trust with his seeds you understand he's definitely not going to just impregnate any old woman because it was good and he couldn't pull out because his mind is healthy and he wants what's best for his children. He wants his children to be safe. So now, brothers, um, we talk all the time about how girls need their fathers to like put them up on game and let them know what's going on. But I'm like, hey, our, our boys in the same thing. So for brothers that maybe have not had these conversations with their mothers or maybe have had mothers that are not are not um, up on this information, which is, it happens, and that's fine, too, because most of your mamas are simply doing their best, so we're not coming down on them, but these are some of the things that you definitely need to look at in a woman when you are deciding, you know, when you want to have your children, so number one, you need to talk to the, the mother of your child about how she feels about breastfeeding, all right, I'm 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 going to talk about this for a second because this is major. I don't understand why this is not more of a dilemma. I remember a time when uh, bottle feeding was only done for the most part if the woman was just completely medically unable to produce milk or had some kind of medical condition where it would be unsafe for her to produce milk to breastfeed her child. The way it is now in 2018, where it has become normalized for women to pop children out and then pop a bottle right in their mouth, that's not normal, brothers. That's not normal. But see, this is also like a I hold your hand, you hold mine type of thing because a lot of women run straight to that bottle because after they pop that baby out, they're at work three or four weeks later. So this is where men and women got to work together. So the men have to step up to say, okay, if I'm having children with a woman, I need to make sure that I'm able to take on majority of that financial responsibility so that she can breastfeed. 
Okay, let's talk about that first. Even though you can work and still breastfeed, yes. However, it would be it would be um, honorable for you as a man to make that easier on her, especially when her breastfeeding your child is going to set that child's health up for the good or for the bad for the rest of their lives. So now in 2018, the fact that it has become so normalized to pop that bottle in baby's mouth is scary to me. All right. And these are the same people who say they believe in God. So now you have milk made straight from God. This milk and let's let I want to make sure we understand how deep it goes with breastfeeding. Let's say you're breastfeeding your baby and your baby is low on calcium. Do you know your body will begin producing more calcium in your milk to help that deficiency with your baby? Yeah, it's that serious. It's that godly. So when you decide and and and, and some women will try to BS you about why they didn't breastfeed. I'm going to go ahead and tell you the truth. Uh, 90% of the time, the reason why women don't breastfeed is because it hurts and it's too hard. Pause. (laughs) It hurts and it's too hard. All right. So before you give your baby to a woman like that, make sure you're cool with that. Because when you fail to give a child God's milk, Like I said, you are setting them up for health problems the rest of their life. Are there people who were bottle fed and are healthy today? Yes. (laughs) Are there people who were breastfed and are not healthy today? Yes. Let's please do not be dramatic. But what I'm saying, I'm speaking on a majority. But majority of the time, that is not the case. Uh, The formula is a weak simulation of that God's milk. So... When you have these women that are saying, "Uh, I don't want to do it because it hurts. Brothers, that's a red flag. Okay, because it it should be a natural. um, You can definitely tell how good of a mother a woman is going to be by how much she cares about the long-term well-being of her children. So when a woman doesn't want to give her child this milk that's going to set her child up on a positive health path for the rest of her life because it hurts, that's a pretty scary sign. All right. So watch out for that, brothers. So number one, definitely have that conversation about breastfeeding. It needs to be done, period. All this, it hurts. It's too hard. It's crazy to me. Okay. When I had my son, I was terrified to give him formula. I'm like, bro, at the end of the day, we don't even really know what's in this. Especially if we're buying formula from black Walmarts or black, you know, predominantly black stores. If they want to poison our children, they can send bad batches right to those stores. And this may sound crazy or like a conspiracy theorist thing to some people, but these are the type of things that really happen. Things, things in, you know, milk and eggs and produce and formula. It's happened before brothers and sisters, where they will purposely send defective or hurtful products to our stores for us to consume and then send the healthy, best of the best stuff to Caucasian demographics. So this is not me being dramatic, brothers and sisters. This is a real thing. So when I had my son, I was literally, if anyone even came near my son with formula, I was like, get it away. Because I'm like, I don't know what's in there. I'm sorry. All right. So Brothers, have that talk. I'm not saying 
you know, have that talk on the first date, but make sure that you, this woman is for breastfeeding. Make sure that she has people that support her breastfeeding. I I am very positive that a big reason of why I was able, oh, by the way, I breastfed my son for 14 months when I, my son never touched a bottle. He didn't, I didn't even like pump. He drank straight from my breast for my entire, um, you know, for his entire nursing period. Now, I was able to accomplish this because my mother was big on breastfeeding. You know, and she told me, she, I breastfed till I was like four or five, I want to say. And when I look at my levels of compassion, my mother's levels of compassion, my son's levels of compassion... I strongly believe that people that are breastfed have a more, um, I believe that they're more prone to be, I don't want to say better people. I don't want to make people feel bad that, you know, didn't get breastfed, but I don't know. I just feel a different level of like, um, I don't know, just different, like loving, loving energies from those people. Because if you think about it, like nourishing this other human being from your breast and holding that little baby while you're feeding and having that go on for months and months and months is so intimate and it builds such a bond. And so I, I sometimes will have people that look at the bond me and my son have, and they're kind of looking at us sideways, like y'all doing too much. And I'm like, I don't know. It's so weird. This feels so natural to us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then I noticed that parents that have bottle fed children, not saying they don't love their children, but they definitely do, but it's a whole different level of like bonding and, and intimacy. And these are just things I've observed. I could be wrong, but this is just what I've seen in majority of my interactions in my everyday life. I'm constantly asking someone, so were you breastfed or bottle fed? Cause I'm doing my own little research. Anyway, so brothers, yeah, ask her about that. Um, and then another thing is, I when I started breastfeeding, I decided that I was going to breastfeed for as long as my baby wanted to. I decided that, you know, when he's done, I'll stop. Now, at 14 months, I'll tell you how I stopped breastfeeding. At 14 months, me and my son were in Walmart. You know, I had him in the cart. We're, we're, you know, we're rolling and he saw this like big, shiny, colorful sippy cup and thought it was the coolest thing ever and he wanted it. And so I bought him the cup and after that, he never even looked at my breast again and that was fine. And I was like, okay, well, uh, you know, when he's done, he's done because sometimes children aren't done nursing because they have nutrients they might still need. So I told myself, I said, I'm not going to rip the breast front of him. When he's done, when he's ready, I'll stop. At 14 months, he stopped. It was cold turkey. It was no problem. Now, I, I thank God I had an easy weaning story. I know not everyone's story is that easy, but you know, I'm just sharing some insight on that. Okay, so breastfeeding. The other thing that you need to um, ask this woman is, is she okay with staying home with that child for six months to a year at minimum? Because it's so terrifying to have these babies, you know, shove a bottle in their throat, shoot them up with so many shots, and then ship them off to daycare at four or five weeks. Oh my God, brothers, do you know what your children are going to be exposed to? Do you understand the sickness and germs and bacteria? So um, I think it's definitely uh, a good idea to have that discussion. Hey, 
You know, are you okay with that? Are you okay? Because any woman who's like, uh-uh, forget that. I'm going back to work. I ain't got time for that. I got to make my money. You, This child going to daycare. That's scary too. Because remember, that woman's instinct should be to be a nurturer first. The well-being of them children should come first. Before anything hurts to her or is boring to her or what she don't want to do, them children, you got to be with a woman or have children. You're Be with, have children with a woman that is a real mama lion that's going to put them children first no matter what, period. So talk to her about that. And we talked about this in a previous episode. Let's not all go out there and say, oh, it's too hard for a man to support a woman. Listen, we got women supporting multiple children by themselves their whole lives. So I'm pretty sure that a man can support a woman and a child you know, for six months so your child does not get all kind of Ebola in daycare. I'm pretty sure we can do it. And let's, we also talked about before about not living above your means that we really can, we can stay home with our children, but too many times we are trying to keep up with the Joneses and we are in leases and and mortgages that are, that we can't afford. So yeah, we got to have our babies and four weeks later be back to 40 hour work weeks. Um, so yeah, so talk about that, you know, talk to her about how she feels about homeschooling, even if you're not going to homeschool your children full time. Um, you know, even if your children are in public school or private or charter or whatever it is, you still need to be doing education at home. All right. So, you know, talk to her brothers, like find these things out because some of these women, you know, they're, they have your children majority of the time. And I don't know if maybe since you're not in the same household or what it is that you don't know what's going on, but when you're feeding, I, I, you know, I've seen women put, I, I, I saw this one time and I was, I was so blown away. Sometimes I realize how, how naive I can be to certain things, but I saw a woman put Cairo syrup in her child's bottle, like in with their formula. Cairo high fructose corn. Do y'all know what Cairo syrup is? If y'all don't know what Cairo syrup is, Google it. It is a, it's like molasses, basically. It's just like syrupy, pure sugar and chemicals. Talking about it makes the formula taste better. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, these women feeding your children all this sugar and then the children become addicted to the sugar and that's why they act out and that's why they you know be at school being violent or hitting people or biting other children and then you know you feed the children all this all this bs and then when they go a few minutes or a few hours without more sugar or more chemicals or more fakeness in their system what what happens they start having withdrawals these children start having withdrawals and then they acting up and now they're getting a spanking every 10 minutes for not being able to sit down, but they're pumped full of these drugs. They got all these vaccines and chemicals and sugars. It's abuse. It's abuse. This is not 1920. We got the internet. We got social media. We have access to information. All right, brothers. So understand this is more than just planting your seed. Check out that soil before you plant that seed, brothers. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, y'all are a whole grown men out here. Stop making it seem like somebody tricked you out your sperm. Did nobody trick you out your sperm, brother? Unless you a little boy that don't know how this sex thing works. 
But any grown man, nah, you can't be tricked out your sperm. So I hate when I see men be like, oh, well, you know, it was an accident or man, get out of here. You a grown man, you know, that can be tricked out his sperm or can't control his penis, then you ain't a grown man, period. There ain't a grown man in this world that can be tricked out of his dick. Okay, so spare me with the oh, it wasn't supposed to be that man, spare me. Um, so yeah, brother, step the game up. It's okay. I don't know if you get an invitation, but here's the invitation. I'm not worried about the white man. The white man ain't never bothered me. The only people that have ever, you know, messed me up in life and held me back in life is black people. The only person that has ever hurt me or the ones that have done me wrong has always been black folks. How many of us have heard somebody talk like that? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you the one that was talking like that. Yeah, I see you. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at you. I'm watching you. Yeah, I see you. You said it. You heard someone that said it before. Now, let's dissect that on some for real, for real. All right, let, let's talk about that. Let, let Okay, let's not just come down on it. Let's really dissect that. Okay, so let's talk about what is controlled by the white man. What's controlled by the white man is whether or not you do or do not go to jail, whether or not you do or do not be on probation, your taxes, your uh, large corporation employment opportunities, um, the police force. I could go on and on. Let, okay, let's talk about these things that the white man is in control of. Okay, now let's talk about things that black people can do to you. A black person can... Um, speak mean to you they cannot be your friend they can hate on you uh, we can kill each other we can fight each other we can call each other bad names okay that that's what that's the extent that a black person that, that's as far as we can take it now let's 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 talk about this too because i hear black folks talk like this a lot and i think that we are getting a little bit confused on natural healthy conflict and competition and unnatural and unhealthy conflict or competition Let, okay let's use an example um sprint and verizon okay sprint and verizon are constantly throwing shade at each other constantly all right but are the two white CEOs of Sprint and Verizon like, see, it's white people that's always holding you back, always trying to bring you down. Always, No, because they understand this is healthy competition. I see black folks say so much like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so want to do the same thing. I'm doing it. Oh, you know, I'm doing this business and they, and they act like they don't want to support it. And they try to shut my stuff down and man, get out of here. Okay, and this is why we have to educate ourselves on what is normal and what other races experience as well. Because when you say things like black people treat you the worst and black people hate on you the worst, you are saying that white people don't do these things. Okay, do y'all do know that white people kill each other, right? And they don't have to complain about the killing of each other because you know what happens when they kill each other? They go to jail. Their families receive justice. All right. I hate when I see our brothers get gunned down by other brothers because I'm like, damn, the police ain't even going to look for who killed them. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? These brothers gunning each other down. The police are like, good. One less, one less nigga for us to worry about. And they stepping over these brothers' dead bodies and going on about their day. That's the difference. White people hate on each other. They're envious. They kill each other, fight each other. They do all that. I, I feel like the reason why black men are more prone to kill each other is for a few reasons. Number one, just as human beings, we are naturally more prone to murder people within a closer proximity to us. It is rare that someone leaves their community to kill someone more at a time. If you're going to kill someone, you're going to kill someone closest to you and within your closest proximity. That's the first reason. Second of all, Niggas, no, you kill a black man, you ain't going to jail. The police ain't even coming to look for you. You know what I'm saying? For the most part. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I feel like if the police were not coming to look for black people that kill white people, black people would be killing white people. Okay? Humans are are loyal to their needs. Okay, they're, they're always going to do what's going to be best for them. So, yeah, you don't see niggas going around murking white folks because they know they're going to jail. They know for a fact the police are not going to stop till they find out who did it. That's why they're not doing it. I don't feel like it's like, oh, you know, they like white people better or necessarily like that. I just feel like, you know, they don't want to go to jail. They already know if you kill a white person, you're going to the slammer, period. But they know, you know, you shoot at your own. The police are going to come through, put up some yellow tape and look fake interested and then be like, I hope they all kill each other dead. You know what I mean? So I, I just I, I, I like to dissect like these like common uh, things that we hear black people say, because it's like, man, do you really know what you're saying when you say poison like this? And then what happens if you is you have nasty racist white folks that take these few black people that say that ignorant stuff about how the white man not the problem black people are the problem and then they run with it like see even he said it you know the, the things that these people are doing to our people it, it's not anything to sweep under the rug like oh it's not that bad so um now this has been happening for a long time i don't want anyone to think that this is a new thing that just happened this happens uh a lot has been happening a lot uh but there was recently headlines about how the president of france is uh putting forth a billion dollar you know investment into africa for quote-unquote startup okay now startup you know meaning business wise and i'm reading this headline okay and this crackerjack is shaking hands with a bunch of very young african children um smiling in their face and you know you know dress it up and make it real for me you know what i'm saying like making it look good and if if you're not aware of what's going on you would look at this article and you would think oh how great you would think like oh how sweet how amazing look at them they're investing into africa okay now if we want to read between the lines what those headlines should really say is france will sink and die and and fall into the hollows of the earth without sucking africa dry for everything it's got Okay, that's how that article should have really read. Okay, France will die without Africa. The end. <laughs> okay, so so what happens? I'm I'm going to tell you there there is such a process on how this happens because some people might look at that and be like, 
and and hit them with the Kanye West like, well, that's a choice. You know what I'm saying? Well, you got all these black folks. I mean, they're willingly shaking his hand and they're, you know, we, we can't forever make excuses like of why they're doing stuff. They have to eventually make that choice for themselves and they're letting them do it and blah, 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 blah. All right. The, 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 these, these Cracker Jacks are not just coming forth, shaking hands and, and making it pretty off rip. Okay, so what's ha what happens is it's a cycle. So like these countries will have their militaries, you know, starve Africa, steal from Africa, implement disease in Africa. Okay. Okay, so now you starve the people. And then, uh, oh, wait, before that, you have to put leaders in power that are greedy and are going to feed into your greedy wishes and greedy agendas. Okay. You have to put, you can't put strong black people in power that are strictly for their people without any hesitation. No, 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 no. You got to make sure that you have leaders in there that are willing to be on your side at the expense of anything, even their own people. That's step one. Step two, you rape the countries, take everything from them, implement disease. Step three, you then come forth to save the people from the disease and rape that you just committed. You make sure they are desperate. You make sure these people, I mean, think about it. It's so easy for us to sit up in our cushy air-conditioned apartments with refrigerators full of food and a Walmart one mile down the road to get whatever we need. It's so easy for us to sit up here and be like, oh, well, why, how come, you know, how come over, why are they letting them do it? Why do they keep falling for it? Think about if it was you. You know what I'm saying? And you out here, you got children, you got mouths to feed, and then here come this Cracker Jack on this white horse in a cape, and he coming through with, quote-unquote, medicine and food and water for you, and you you think that you ain't smiling and shaking his hand, and your belly rubbling? That's just the way it's, once again, they play on people's natural loyalty to their needs. When a person's tummy is rumbling, that rumbling tummy is coming before anything and they know that now what else do they know they also know about the natural genius of the african now me coming forth and saying this is not me because i had somebody call me a black supremacist and i was like thank you first of all that's the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me but second of all um I am not saying this because I want to just make myself and my own people sound so great. This is facts. It is facts. Okay, this, this is not like, oh my God, she trying to make it seem like black people are so great. No, factually, the African mind is naturally more inclined to be genius than the mind of any other race. The African mind is more innovative. The African mind thinks deeply. The African eyes see color deep more deeply. The African body feels vibrations better. Okay, so these are, this is just a result of our melanin. Okay, this is not bragging or anything like that. Let me just put that disclaimer out. So now, this is why it's more, this is why it's dangerous for your enemy to know you better than you know you. So now they know who we are. They know about our natural genius. So you have these Cracker Jacks that come in here and shake these people's hand and smile in their face. And it's like, wow, as though you have not taken 
everything else from this people, you are coming back to also take their brains. So now, okay, you have these people who are natural geniuses. Let's go ahead and invest billions. How are you going to put in a headline about how you invest billions and smile and shake hands as though you deserve a cookie and an award for this? Invest? Okay, invest means that you put money out and you get even more money back in. So why are we hollering and hooping and jumping around and supposed to clap? Because you're about to get paid. So now how do you rob people of their brain? You come forward, give them crumbs. I am, you know, and when I say crumbs, I mean, they either give these people crumbs or nothing. Have them work, plan, pick their brains, put that natural African genius to work. They find innovations and advances for technology, for medicine, for engineering. And then they take that work, put those billions of dollars in funding, the, 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 the aforementioned fund billions in investment funds. And they put that behind the ideas of these African minds and they laugh all the way to the bank. And that is called the robbery of the natural genius in the African. Yeah, you can rob somebody of their thoughts. It's possible. And of course, the white man is the one. The white man is the one that will be the one to figure out how to rob people of their brains. Wow, the white man, he never stops to amaze me. The white man find a way. I will even take your brain. Wow. You are so evil, the white man. How do you do it? I am amazed by how evil you can be, the white man. <laughs> I pray for the day, man. I pray for the day that my people, when they see the white man, when they see him coming towards us, we're running the other way. I look forward to that day. I look forward to that day. And it's like, you know, the minute that we get caught up in here and we we all, uh, well, I don't know if we all, but I don't know if you ever heard um, an interview that Malcolm X was doing. And he was like, you know, talking about the house Negro and the field Negro and talking about how the house Negro going to be like, you know, you want to leave here like. Where else do we have it better here? So I I see black people all the time be like, you know, we shouldn't complain because here in America, we have it really great and we should be grateful. And what would be our alternative? Like, are you basically saying like to hell with your people and to hell with everyone else? You don't care because sometimes it's best to just remain silent. Okay, sometimes it's best for us to say nothing before we basically like boo boo on our brothers and sisters and don't care. All right. You we have to keep in mind who is your enemy when it matters, your brother or sister, you know, calling them their enemy because they hated on your rims or stole your boyfriend or that's just not good enough people. Okay, we got to step our game up. Black people don't have any real power to really oppress you or do something that's going to thoroughly affect your life. All right. So we got to think about our words, the things we say. And what are we saying when we really say them? So, sisters, I know we spoke a while back about 
you know, putting your vagina in storage. How's that been going for everyone? You know, how's it been? How's it been? How has it been holding up, you know, with doing all that? Because uh, it's been going great. See, I feel like once we as women decide that we're going to take sex out of an equation, that's when we really start thinking clearly and we're able to make better decisions because so many of us, the truth is that we put up with so much stupid crap from a dude because, you know, he he does it to us the way we like it, you know, and we end up getting sucked up in this like in these like whack cycles that are so pointless. Like a long time ago, you know, uh, women put up with stuff because they had to they they just didn't have like you know jobs and money like we have now but I sit back now and I just be like so what's the excuse of women letting men drag them now and then it it really takes a it really harms healthy women that don't want to be dragged because then the dragging becomes the standard for what it means like when a woman really loves you so then these men feel like they're supposed to be able to drag all women and you know if if she puts up with it that means she a real one and if she don't then she's not and wrong wrong and but see that the only way as a woman for us to really understand that and gain that strength is to you know put your vagina in storage and just Think clearly for a second, ladies. I hope that we have all still been utilizing that block button. Y'all know I keep it real with y'all and I and I, I keep you updated on what goes on in my life. So it's like, okay, I had a guy. <laughs> I, I just got to tell y'all the stories about um, the things that I just <laughs> encountered. Now, the first thing I will say is... The way that men approach me now and the way that I've been approached in the past, like back in like the silly, like 25,000 inch weave, 10 pounds of makeup, like ratchet days, like in those days, what I will say is the type of men that approach me and the type of stuff that they came at me with is a lot different than what I experience now. Because once again, ladies, men's minds are so basic that this is the way that they think. They think, okay, woman has on a nice business suit and a briefcase. They think, oh, she's a respectable woman that deserves me to treat her like a human being. They see a woman in a mini skirt and 10 inch heels and red lipstick and they think that she's a whore that wants their attention and wants their penis. And that's just the way men think, ladies. So once I definitely started carrying myself differently, I definitely was having a different approach from the men. Whereas before I used to get a lot of like dick pics and, 
you know, how much for it. I used to get like stuff like that. And that's definitely not what I get anymore, which proves that when fellas say like a man treats you based upon, you know, what you demand based upon how you are. That is so true because the level of respect that I get now is completely different than it was in the past before I really knew who I was or demanded that respect for myself. However, it also comes with a different set of problems because now you will have men that will see what kind of woman you are. And so they know like, oh, she ain't with that, you know, fugazi. So now this is something that uh, I don't understand and I never will. But something that I did experience is since I was carrying myself different since, uh, since, you know, a man can look at you or talk to you and, and figure out, you know, what you are or not with what I have experienced is men lying more. I will say that like back when you're like not really on that men are more honest with you, like about just wanting to kick it or whatever, because they feel like you with it. So they're not really like going out their way to finesse. But it's like once they feel like, okay, she is not with it. That's when the intricate lies and the, um, and the, uh, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, like facades come out. So if a man see a woman that he want, let me tell you something. Like a man see a woman he want, he want her, period. Whether she a librarian or a stripper, it don't matter. However, his approach to getting her will be different. So if he, you know, talk to her or deal with her and he can see like, okay, she ain't with that whole shit. She's not going to let me just, she ain't going to let me do all that. This is something new that I realized. But what he will do is, sisters, and, and you might think in your mind, well, why would a man put forth all this effort, you know, just to have you around? He will. When a man knows that you ain't with that stuff, he will spend time with you, spend money on you, you know, tell you that he wants a relationship, tell you that he wants marriage. And this can go on for long, long, long periods of time. I am amazed at how far I've I've had some men take it just in conversation, you know, trying to make themselves seem like, you know, they want to be a husband or they want to be when they when they see that that's what you want, ladies, you know, that's what they'll play on. And that's why I say now, we're, we're not going to sit here and be bitter. We're not being bitter because that doesn't get anyone anywhere. But we are going to be careful. So are there some men that are telling you everything you want to hear and they're for real? Absolutely. Absolutely, sisters. There are a lot of men out here who are growing. There are a lot of men out here who are past the, you know, fucking hoes and partying there are there are a lot of men who have had enough of that and and I, I ain't gonna say had enough of that because you know you can be in a relationship and still party and still have fun so I ain't gonna say like oh they had enough of having fun but there are men who they're they they much rather have like one you know solid woman on the team they're not really for the you know multiple different females and having to watch their back some men are not with that and that's wonderful, but some men are, sis. And that's why I encourage us to put our vagina in storage because when the heart is hungry, it eats lies. And I always say that when the vagina is horny, it eats lies too, okay? The only way to know if a man is for real is time. 
is consistency because a man will spend time with you, buy you things, you know, invest, do all that and still only be doing it because he want to fuck and he just want to keep you around. And that's how he going to do it. And, and I learned that the hard way before where in my mind, I'm like, man, this brother got to be for real, because why would he be doing all this if he doesn't want marriage or want a relationship? Yes, sister, he will. He will do it. And I know to me, it sounds crazy, too, because in my mind, I'm like, if I was a man, I'm not doing all that for no woman that I'm not going to marry. But sis, trust me, it happens every day, B. You know what I'm saying? I've I've seen where a brother has invested months, years into a woman knowing good and well he had no plans on ever committing. Okay? Um but that happens when you give in and you're and you're giving him your body in the midst of all this. So the only way and nothing is guaranteed. I mean there's always there this nothing is ever like 100%, but for the most part, the only way, sisters, to really know if a brother is serious is time, consistency, and not giving him any vagina. And 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 I'm not saying that holding out makes a man look at you different because one thing about it, men that are ready to commit, men that are ready to get married, ready to be fathers, they're going to do that. And they're going to be that no matter what anyone says. Okay, so if that's what he wants, sis, he's going to give you that, whether you sleep with him on the first night or the hundredth night. But the reality is you're taking a gamble. And if it's a gamble that you're willing to take, then sis, by all means, you can take that vagina out of storage. You can blow it off, dust it off and put it to use and, and hope for the best. But for the most part, sis, that's not how it's going down majority of the time. Okay, but majority of the time, that's just not how it's happening. So. You know, I, I, sisters, I hope that you all are keeping it stored away in this day and age of, you know, the hoeing being like celebrated and and being normalized. Sisters, I just want you all to protect yourselves. And I'm not just saying protecting yourselves condom wise or physically. I'm saying like protect your soul, sis. Okay, protect your sacred womb, sis. I'm talking about that. All right. Uh, anything else can pretty much, you know, that that can be that can be fixed or whatever. But, you know, when we're talking about protecting your soul, you only get one of those. That's not something that we can redo or regenerate, sis. So, you know, I was uh, I was having a conversation with one of my clients today. We were talking about interracial relationships and dating because the reality is you know as a black woman there's like seven or eight of you to every one black man okay and then it's not just every one black man it has to be every one you know unmarried black man then it has to be you know a black man that's healthy a black man that wants to commit so the reality is sisters when we really want to pair up the ratio for black women and eligible black male partners the numbers will scare you sisters if you really look at the numbers you have to read the book is marriage for white people which one of my sisters recommended to me and it is amazing it breaks all this down for you but basically the numbers wise sister 
the reality is it, it's a slim chance why I say there are a lot of sisters where unless they're down with polygamy, they're going to have to just be okay with being alone because there's just not enough men to go around. This is a reality. So when me and one of my clients, we were talking about it and I was like, oh, so we got to talk about interracial relationships because I see a lot of brothers that will say things. But, but before I say that, I just want to have a side note. Whenever a man says something like, well, what about the women or well, women do it or anything to that nature? my, I get nauseous. Like to hear a man say, well, what about the women? When the women, I just want to, you know, go out here and just put this on record. If you as a man um, conduct yourself in any way based off of what a woman is doing, then I don't think I need to go into much detail. I think that says a lot about who you are as a man, correct? And it's the same for a woman. I hate to see a woman be like, well, the man, stop it. Do not conduct yourself as a woman based off of what the men are doing. You conduct yourself as a woman based off of what a woman is doing. Okay, so let me just say that first of all. But anyway, you'll have some brothers where when we talk about interracial dating, they're like, well, what about the women? Whenever a black woman get with a white man, y'all applaud it. But a, a black man get with a white girl and you have a problem with it. Okay, let's talk about that. Now, I want to first start by saying that I will never in my natural black life advocate before and be before in any way, shape or form. Uh, interracial relationships, sex, dating, marriage in any way, shape, or form, okay? I would never let a white man touch me. I don't care if I die by myself until the cows come home. I won't care. I will never, ever stray from the black man, period. Now, that is a personal decision that I have made. I have chosen to make that decision because I have a black son, and I would not feel confident giving my son a white man and telling him to call this man daddy when this white man will never experience half of the things that my child will. I know that a white man will never be able to teach my black son how to be a black man. I think that I, as a black woman, have more of a chance to teach my son how to be a black man than a white man would have at teaching my child how to be a black man. That's how strongly I feel about that. Okay, I will never touch a white man because I am my ancestors and I know the pain that my ancestors have went through my the women, especially my four grandmothers, my four mothers have went through at the hands of these people and I do not wish to add to their pain by willingly laying down with those that rape them. These are my personal decisions. I am not apologetic about them. I don't give a damn who got a problem with them. I do not hide it. I don't do any of that. I will tell you, I will live in my truth. Now, I said all that to say, when we look at these men in Hollywood and you can just randomly name any man in Hollywood and pull up his woman, pull up his wife, his girlfriend, wife, whoever she is. And almost all these women look the same. Almost all these men's wives look the same and they're almost all lighter skinned, biracial or Hispanic women. 
Okay. And, and it's almost scary to me. Like when I see men with women like that, I'm like, oh, you're one of those Negroes. You one of them Negroes that just does whatever everyone else is doing. Like everyone else's wife looks like this. So let me get a wife. Look, I, I, I just love when men have their own mind. When I see a man just doing whatever, what everyone else is doing, it just makes me so sick. Like, uh, so, okay. So we pull up all these men's wives and they almost all look the same. So when we talk about darker women or natural women, and I'm just not, I'm not seeing them as being like the, I'm not seeing them as being like the typical, like what, what these men are looking for in a wife. So when I see these women go get with men of other races, I'm just like, hmm, that shit is nasty as hell to me and it couldn't be me. However, am I supposed to like sentence this sister to like 50 lashes and damn her to hell? Like... A hundred lashes for her. How dare you go get with that white man when there's, you know, one black man to every seven of you and some of them are in jail and gay and already married or not wanting you back. But screw that, sis. You should still find that one in 100 black man that wants you back. You know, it's hard for me to do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to I'm not going to come down on her or lash out at her cuz at the end of the day this is a woman, she need protection. She want to have children. Okay? If you know her the, the number numbers wise for a black woman is not the same as black men. So we could say what we want to say. It's just as disgusting to me when a black man or a black woman go outside their race. However, I can see how there are black women doing it because not every black woman is that strong to be able to say, listen, I don't give a damn what none of y'all are saying. I ain't getting with no white man, period. I don't, I'll be alone. Not all black women are that strong because essentially what you are asking of black women, if you say only be with a black man, you are asking some of us to die by ourselves. Now, if a black man get with a white woman and there's seven or eight black women, available black women here and he leaves them hot and dry to go get with a white girl, that's different. I'm sorry. I feel like that's different. I'm going to just pause for a second to let you get your feelings out and, and just meditate on what I said for a second. Okay. You leave behind seven to eight black women. To go get with a woman outside your race. That's major. As opposed to this one black woman. Having seven, eight, nine other women. In line in front of her. To hopefully get to the black man. It's just not fair. That's why I don't talk about it. That's why I don't talk about black women. And their interracial relationships. Like I talk about it with the men. Because it's different. Period. I'm sorry. It's different. It's wrong on both sides. But it is different and it's it's a uh, numbers wise, facts wise. It's a it's a reason why these sisters are going to go get with these white men. And then, you know, it's also different between a man and a wife, because like I said, when a woman marry a man, she take his last name. She inherits his wealth. He is supposed to lay down his life for her. OK, so when I see black men protecting and laying their lives down and leaving their wealth to a white woman, it's just like, wow, you just did a lot. When a black woman, she get with a white man. Hell, when he kills, she get his money. So she sis, 
Get that money and invest it back in your community. Now, what I don't like is black women that get with white men and then make it seem like, oh, he's better. Or like, oh, I'm so happy I got with a white man because he is so much better than black men. Now, that I hate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, sis? If you're tired of being single, if you see the numbers are not going in your favor to get a black man, then, hey, you know, you made your decision. But don't come back come down on the brothers because you're trying to justify you getting with a white man if I was a black woman and I was with a white man I would just be presenting people with like essays and numbers like this is why I'm with this white man because look at the ratio okay of men to women okay I I can understand how some women are like shit I gotta take what I can get some women are doing that I get it because yeah boy when you pull them numbers up baby listen it ain't it's not pretty um, so I kind of went off on a tangent there, but anyway, sisters, um, my, my point in this was, you know, like I said, I'm all for black love period. Okay. I encourage all sisters to be the same way. We got to be loyal to our men. We got to be loyal to our race and that's fine. You know, these are all decisions that we can make, but sisters, whether your man is black, white, or purple, just make sure that he's consistent. Just make sure that he's the one. And let's stop just applauding relationships until we're making sure we're applauding healthy relationships. All that Betty Shabazz was suffering, having witnessed her husband being killed, the four children were at her side at the time, she somehow gathered up the strength to do this interview, which we share with you. What was his attitude toward his family? Well, contrary to popular belief, his attitude toward his family was a very warm one. And although my husband traveled a lot, uh, we had a very uh, close relationship in the sense that uh, whenever he would go away, um, I could always expect a letter, if not every day, every other day. Uh, and I could always expect a phone call. And now I, I think the great emptiness is not so much that he's away right now, but that he's away and I'll, I'll never get another letter from him or I won't hear from him again. And when my children begin to, uh, after he's gone for a period of time, they begin to ask me different things about him. They draw pictures and write little notes to him and, and they're piling up. And I guess when they really start asking about him, I don't really know exactly how to explain to him that he'll never return. I, I think there's a great emptiness. That brings us to the queen of the week, the king or queen of the week. And this week it is the queen of the week, Betty Shabazz. Um, I love Betty Shabazz and I think that she is thoroughly slept on. I don't think that she gets the credit that she deserves. We forget. Okay, we, we forget about the neck. We talk about the head and we forget about the necks. We we talk so much about Malcolm X and how he was so great and how he was so this. And we forget like who was birthing and taking care of his children while he was out doing all that. You know what I'm saying? Who the woman was that was with this man that had to live with the reality that, man, you know, they could murk my husband at any moment, you know, and, and was willing to sacrifice her family 
for the betterment of the people who was willing to put herself, her own feelings aside for the for her people. That's Betty Sabaz. She was born May 28, 1934. She is from Detroit. Yay, yay. Um, she's highly educated. Uh, Betty Shabazz went to Tuskegee. Um, and it's like, I don't feel like Malcolm X would have been the man that he is without her. She slept on him, but it, I don't feel like she ever was really like jumping up and down trying to get in the spotlight. I feel like she kind of let him do his thing and she knows the support and she knows the, you know, the part that she plays and she didn't really need, you know, all that rah-rah. And that's such a beautiful example for us as women to how you can be very powerful and very important without having to do too much. I think that she's a, a beautiful example about that. She was a beautiful woman physically, you know, spiritually. And I think that she can be a great role model for us all. We are way over time and way out of time uh, for this week's episode of African American. I want to thank you all for listening. And as always, peace, love, and black power.